You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Casey Pachegel, and she is CEO and co-founder of 33 Vincent. They're a company that helps leaders with administrative support, executive support. We're going to talk to her about the company she's built to help leaders leverage their time, leverage their value, find the best use of their uh, expertise so that they can focus on that and get supported with the proper executive services around that. So we're going to talk to her about the business she's created. We're also going to talk about what she's learned around really creating a really deep, effective relationship with a team member. I think there's some really interesting things here to talk about. I think I certainly work with a lot of leaders who have resisted this process, uh, who tried to do everything, who try to leverage technology as much as possible, but there are some real limits. And I'm, uh, I think there's some really interesting things here we can talk about. I love Casey's line on our LinkedIn that we believe leaders can do anything, they just can't do everything, which I think sums up <laughs> this kind of conversation in, in many ways. Uh, I think that's the essence of it. I think there's a lot of smart people out there in the world, but trying to do everything is really not the most effective strategy in most cases. Uh, so with that, Casey, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Bruce. What a great intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, and I say this out of personal experience, having worked with, you know, executive assistants in, in all kind of shapes and sizes over the years. It's hard. It's not an easy thing to get right. Uh, and unfortunately, I think a lot of folks have, have you know, maybe have had not, not so great experience, so they get very turned off about it. But you get this right, and it can be a hugely powerful leverage um, for your time, for your effectiveness. So I think there's there's uh, a lot to learn here, and I think there's a lot of a lot people can benefit from by getting this right. So, but before we get into the whole, how do you make this work? Tell us a little bit about the story. How did how did you get into this business? How did you found this company? What was the story that got you into this? Yeah. So you speak about, you know, a learning evolution, and that is what it's been for me. I left corporate America in 2013 looking for a way to be more flexible with my work, knowing I came from a dual career family and wanted children, had a, a young child at the time, looked to flexible options within my corporation and said, there's not a lot for me yeah. to do here to be able to contribute in a challenging way. on a flexible basis. And so I got together with a friend and classmate from college and sat down and said, what if we thought a little bit differently about support? And in these organizations, she was an ad agency and I was in corporate America at the time in business development, looked at we feel like we have so much to contribute and at a level that may not be accessible to entrepreneurs or or small businesses, how do we begin to bridge that gap? And at the time, there weren't a lot of virtual assistant options in the market. This was back in 2013 and started to think about 
plugging into a couple of key organizations that we were connected to to help them with presentation development and leadership development, looking at ways to free up leaders' time to focus on making the presentation versus doing all of the pre-work to get ready for it, but having their buy-in to really show up and deliver at their full potential. And so we plugged in with a couple of organizations early on before we had really founded 33 Vincent at the time and named it as such. But we got together and started working with a couple of clients and immediately saw, wow, there's a big need here for the level of service that we want to provide. And so what if we built a team around this? And what if we started to build this into a scalable model? And we got started then shortly after in early 2014 and started to build what we said was almost like a snowball rolling downhill. We didn't quite know what we had unlocked. (laughs) And we had a couple clients that we started with within a month, more interest by referral started coming and, hey, I heard you're working with so-and-so. We really need that level of support because we've had a support team before that wasn't effective. And we'd love to bring you in to help us, you know, shape up processes and get rolling. So as with many, you know, startups, I can imagine many listeners can relate as well, but you will do a little bit of everything in the beginning. We were willing to be anything to anyone Mm -hmm. and found that that was really hard to tell people about or, or tell our story as the jack of all trades and master of none, in a sense got more granular as we realized the emerging needs were largely around executive focus and support. So how can we look at our leaders and say, with a high caliber right hand, how can they be as effective as possible? And how can we plug into that? So we really branded ourselves as executive assistants in that first year to hone our messaging and and help explain what we were doing. And the snowball picked up a little faster to continue with that analogy because people started to recognize, oh, I see the value in that and I understand. And there's some, I think, caveats or, or stipulations around the word executive assistant. Some people have maybe a negative connotation around that, which we can talk about, but people saw the value pretty quickly and spread the word. So we grew from there and it's been six years now that we've been honed in and working hard for our clients and our leaders. And it's all been, it's been a wonderful ride and it's all been growth by word of mouth, to be honest with you, which as I think about our org values, and we can talk a little bit more about what what we stand for, but it's really been about the quality and leveraging quality at every, every turn and every juncture, because that has led to word of mouth referrals. And that's fueled the growth of our business from day one. Yeah. And let's talk about that quality, because I think that's part of the challenge when we get into this kind of executive assistant, virtual assistant world is there's such a range. I mean, you can get, you know, people that will, that will work at these unbelievably low rates you know, virtually, right. you know, from, yeah. from various places around the world. And then you get some super professional folks who have huge amounts of experience and skills and capabilities. How do you kind of lay out for folks the range that is out there? And then how do you explain where you fit into that kind of possible range? Yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head. There are more options out there than there are colors we can choose from, but it really does come down to, and I think each solution is well targeted to whatever the user needs or the the client needs. And so, yes, there is a place for a VA from the Philippines. There is a place for a high level executive assistant and anything in between. I think it comes down to a couple key things, budget and then desired leverage. And so for us, we have as you speak of journey, like we've grappled with at times, do we change our position in order to scale faster? Maybe edge back on not necessarily quality, but all of the the heavy gatekeeping that we do in order to be an 33 Vincent executive assistant or a client of 33 Vincent. And what would that look like? But we keep coming back to this, which is we believe, and it's in the fabric of who we are, that high quality 
will ultimately impact all of our success. And so if we can come in and contribute at that high quality level, we may not grow as quickly and we still are growing well over time, but we're not going to grow at exponential rates that we could if we lowered our standards. But what we found is that our clients come back to us and say, I've never had an EA like this. My EA accomplishes more in 10 hours a week than my old full-time EA did. And when we hear things like that, it reinforces we are in this corner of the market for a reason. And we are really clear on who we do and do not support. And so that clarity has helped us hone in on both hiring, training, and also activating client and EA relationships. And so I wouldn't move from our corner of the market. I think we've solidified even more in conversations as it's gotten more crowded to say, we believe in exceptional executive assistance, and that's not for everyone. What that looks like, though, is not managing somebody, not having somebody else that you need to think about and worry about and hand projects off to, but somebody who's there to help manage you yeah. and somebody who comes in to say, okay, Bruce, here's the week ahead, and here's what I need from you. Here are some key priorities, and here is are the ways that I'm going to help you hone your focus this week by knowing your goals and knowing your, your weaknesses or areas where you may need additional support. That person can plug in to really help you accomplish at your highest level. So we have been six years into that, that corner of the market and finding with incremental growth year over year that it's working and that we're continuing to get those referrals because quality is the number one linchpin to everything that we do. Yeah. And I love that idea that a really good EA manages you, you don't manage them. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a great kind of model to think about it. I think that's where a lot of objection comes from. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be easier to do it myself. Yeah. Or, you know, I had an assistant and it wasn't really worth the money or a couple that we hear. And then the other one that I hear from time to time as well is, you know, I've got all these apps. I've got a ton mm, of yeah. productivity haps, hacks. I can just do it myself. And my thought and responding question to that is, were you hired to do travel and email and yeah. managing your calendar, making sure that you are on to your, you know, keeping track with your goals and your priorities Or were you hired to do higher leverage work? And so when you think about that and really deduce what it is you're here for and what your highest leverage is as a leader, I think the answer becomes pretty clear. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly believe and love studying what makes an EA and exec relationship work. And ultimately, when it comes to scaling our business, what has been almost more helpful than knowing who we serve is knowing who we don't serve and where we don't play because we're not for everyone. And I want to be very clear about that, but we're perfect for some people. Well, let's talk about that because I think that's always a challenge, I think, for many service companies is they're kind of, they're in this, I can do anything for anyone mode. And and how have you really honed who your ideal customer is, who your ideal sort of executive that you work for is, and and how have you used that to kind of guide your decision-making process, your marketing, how you onboard clients? I mean, how has that helped you really kind of hone your business? Yeah, it comes down to a couple key things. Number one, we're 100% remote as a company. And so there is an importance on understanding an executive's comfort level with that. And we found we play really well with companies where the executive is on the road, has a lot of commitments and may not be tied to a physical office, very comfortable with remote and tech forward. So that is obviously a a precursor to enjoying and activating a, a remote relationship. But then a couple of things deeper than that is really an understanding of the value or the perceived value of an executive assistant. So we tend not to be the initial option for people. First on the market, you know, you can come in and say, I need to be more 
effective as a leader, or I'm noticing that I've become the bottleneck to my business. But most people come to us and say, I've had an assistant. I know that I need more than what I was getting. And so for us, it's really that next level of readiness for the power of the relationship. And also the outlook of that relationship. Somebody who wants a partner, who wants to come in and say, I might struggle to give up control, but I am here for it. And I am committed to making this <laughs> yeah. a partnership yeah. and not saying, you know, I'm going to dip a toe in the water and just see, but coming in wholeheartedly. One of the things that we do, and I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we do, is we screen our clients the same way we screen, well, not in as rigorous a fashion, but we screen our clients yeah. in the same way that we screen executive assistants. So we want to make sure it's a mutual fit. Yeah. And part of that really comes down to are you ready to get the value of what we offer? Because if you need someone to just run errands or do some task management for you, we're not going to give you the ROI that you need. But when you're looking for this higher level partnership, that's really where our value shines and where we come through. And so being clear on that, I think, is more of the mindset and life cycle of that leader versus a type of industry or stage of company. We work with solopreneurs all the way up to cross-divisional leadership within nonprofits and for-profit organizations. So it's it's mostly the mindset and desire to begin to hand things over and, and activate that partnership. Yeah. And tell me how, I mean, in terms of the sort of activities, ways in which a good executive assistant can support, what are some of the obvious ones that you typically, you know, that people think of that you do, but then what are some of the unobvious ones or not so obvious things that a good EA can really help an executive with in terms of helping them be more productive and more focused? Yeah. So some, I'll start with the, the obvious. Managing calendar and scheduling is an easy win. And it's obviously the gateway to understanding the executive their time, their priorities. So handing off scheduling is, is an easy win in the beginning and also calendar management. One thing, and I'll, I'll get a layer deeper because I think it's more about the layers to each of these than it is to yeah. completely different buckets of service, but getting into calendar management, email is another one. And that is definitely, it varies by leader in terms of comfort level handing off email, but having access to inputs for that leader. For many of our clients, it's around you know what's coming in on LinkedIn and email and all of the various channels where people are trying to get a hold of them. And there's a lot of requests and demands for their time. Having somebody to triage that and bottleneck and make sure that the most, the highest leverage and, and top priority items are coming through first is what's important. And so I would say those kind of key gatekeeping areas, calendar and email are key. We obviously do a ton of, of travel and meeting prep and event planning as well. And so it, it morphs into managing all the logistics around an executive to help them focus on what they should be focused on, selling the company, working with the board, leveraging the leadership team and all those other high leverage activities. For us though, when it gets into what more could that look like, it really is about the layers, as I said. So with calendar management, you can have a, an assistant who, hey, uh, Joan, can you help let this land on my calendar for next week. That's a pretty basic level. Where we aim to get is really around understanding, I'll, I'll just say you to make yeah, it easy, understanding your ideal week, the way that you yeah. work best, um, your unique energy flow and, and desired work. Okay. So if you have higher energy in the morning, let's make sure you're doing your most strategic work in the morning. Maybe after lunch is when you have more of those tactical updates. So understanding your unique energy flow is an important part, but then also layering on your goals and priorities. And so understanding that more globally, annual goals and priorities for your organization, but also what are you focused on this quarter as an individual? And how can we run that as a test against where you're spending your time and audit that? So we can do calendar audits for many of our clients. It's looking at up front, okay, what is the mix of your time? 
And we may find it's skewed from the priorities. So you're spending far more time internally when your goals are mostly set externally. So understanding that and making subtle tweaks around that ideal week to make sure that you are spending your time aligned with your goals. And then with with email, another way I can say in the layer, layering effect, you know, you can have somebody who's just flagging and, and triaging your inbox at a light level. And you can also have somebody who's seeing something come in, teeing up a draft based on your unique communication style and leaving it for you, maybe flagging it after your you know morning meetings to say, Bruce, you've got an important follow-up with John. I've teed up an email in your inbox. You can review and hit send, but all the hyperlinks are in there. So having somebody be able to plug in, I have found with my own EA is so helpful when I've got daily, like a full day of offsites or sales meetings all morning and I come back and I know exactly what my top priorities are for the afternoon because they've been funneled from my inbox and my other social media accounts. So for me, yeah, there's layers there. And when you get to that higher leverage, you've got somebody saying, here's your day ahead and I've got you when you're in those meetings. I'm going to help tee you up to keep focused on your priorities throughout the day. Yeah, I like that. I mean, for me, it's kind of the shift from kind of tactics to real strategy. So rather than just, okay, book this meeting, it's like, well, how should we even structure your calendar? And I love the whole energy energy level. I'm a big flow state believer. It's like there are different times of the day I need to be doing different types of work. And if I don't get that right, I'm not optimizing my value. Right? It's just, totally. It's, there are times like early morning. For me, early morning is where I sort of create the best. So that's when I'm writing and coming up with mm-hmm. new ideas, things like that. And if I, you know, start answering emails or start, you know, dealing with, you know, reconciling bank accounts or something like that in the morning, like it's, that's not a good, not a good use of my time. Yeah, you sacrifice that that creative or thinking time for lower leverage work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What else goes into making that relationship work? It is a relationship, right? There's a. It's not just sort of the list of tasks, but it's. You know, really kind of getting to know, you know, preferences, tendencies, strengths and weaknesses. I mean, there's there's a real partnership there. What else goes into making that work, discovering that, evolving that over time? Give me a little sense of what that process, that journey looks like. Yeah, it is a relationship to be sure. And it's an important one. I I know for many of our clients, the level of access and information that we have as their partner is Obviously, integrity and confidentiality is important, but also understanding the trust and the value of trust in that relationship is paramount in in the workplace. And so what we find is upfront, it's really important to clarify preferences and expectations. And so understanding your unique leadership style, where you might struggle to relinquish control or where you might need some more reins around you is a really helpful way to start. And we like to, when we get kicked off with an executive, kind of dig into that. Like, where do you like to spend your time? Where do you find yourself drifting if you don't have a clear set of priorities for the day? And how can we help manage that? Understanding preferences through communication is really important. Obviously, being in an executive assistant role and also remote, it's really important to know. And we find the value of communication to be at the top of the list. And so how do you best communicate? And at what cadence. So for us, it's really around, I think, diagnosing that early on, but being open to experimenting as we get to know a leader. And as you have the relationship with your executive assistant, having opportunities to step back and say, what's working and not working? And how can we fine tune this relationship in order to make me even more effective and make us together even more effective? So an example that I would share just personally is with my executive assistant, taking a quarterly step back to look at 
what my priorities are, how her priorities align with mine, and also understanding, let's look back at what you've been doing for me. I get a daily digest, which is really helpful, but fine-tuning what that has within it and understanding how our relationship changes over time. I like to approach it with that experimental mindset because we're able to try on new things and also find what works. And so it's not just a set it and forget it kind of mentality. I find that, and this is with any professional relationship, having those step backs to reflect and look at the bigger picture is really important in this one, especially because you may find that you've fallen into a rut with your assistant where things have just always been going the way they've been going, or you're getting good support. Maybe you could be getting better support. Really having the opportunity to step back and ask what's working and not working can help recalibrate that. And so I like to recommend a quarterly basis and also assess maybe there are some skills that your EA has that you have not tapped into. Mm, And so what do those look like and how can you maximize those in your unique workflow? Yeah. Anything that you suggest not using an EA for? I mean, I'm I'm curious if there is natural limits or, or things that you found has just not been that successful, people that have tried or, or that you've you know, just stayed up front that, hey, look, these are EAs don't do these kind of activities or these kind of services? Yeah, that's a good question. For our business, yes, there have been some limits we need to set around because I think an executive assistant, especially with an entrepreneur, can wear yeah. so many hats. Yeah, and that's a wonderful thing. And it can be granular with some executives and really broad with others in terms of the scope of support. And so on the wide lens, I would say, really aiming to have them focus on you as a leader and not the rest of the business. So yes, operations can be really helpful in having your EA manage hiring process checklists and all of the other miscellaneous operational processes in your business can be really helpful, but that takes away from their focus on you as a leader. So I wouldn't say that's a limitation, more of just a a recommendation around the value of that person's relationship, focusing on you. And ideally, maybe, you know, your leadership team is included in that as well. So cultivating great leadership team meetings and preparation for those meetings can be part of it. But finding that that focus on you as a leader is really important. Additionally, I would say We've been pulled into a lot of sales operations because we have leaders who are selling and out there building relationships and we're managing their full CRM systems and all of their follow-up. Making sure that we don't get into being a salesperson is an important one for us. And it's an easy ask. Like, I love my EA. Can she sell for me? Can she have prospecting calls? And that's really a place where we draw the line around skill set and also ability. We want them to focus on the leader and also in some cases, you know, managing the process of getting the leads to them, but not necessarily taking those calls. So there are some limitations, but I would say it varies. We've got certainly some EAs who love to engage in social media marketing and other things and others who don't. And so we really try to understand that up front. And I think it's important for any leader looking at an assistant to understand what are those key impact areas? What can I take off my plate? And what does that skill set look like? Because having the right person in that role is one of the most important placements you can make. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's a natural one. I've seen that uh, go south a lot of times when when the EA gets, you know, basically becomes a salesperson or becomes a, a cold caller or, you know, someone, you know, trying to do sales activities rather than supporting sales activities. Right. And that's, uh, yeah, t- certainly danger zone. So all of your folks are remote. You know, I always find service-based businesses are, are kind of a double-sided market, right? I'm out there trying to find clients, but I'm also trying to find talent and people. How yeah. have you approached the whole kind of finding these high-caliber executive assistants? Where have you found them? How have you found them? Where do they exist? Why do they come work for you? Give us a little insight on the talent 
side. Yeah, this is a big one for us because, well, as with any service business, you know, the talent that we bring in represents our company and our brand. And so we spend a lot of time thinking through talent acquisition, also how we vet and bring the right people into our community to support our clients. And so we have again, experimented with a number of different sourcing methods and techniques. We get a lot of word of mouth referrals. We also look to increase diversity of our pool by posting on certain job sites and also notice very quickly that those posts get picked up and we get a flood of applicants. As it turns out, people are very interested in flexible work and also in challenging flexible work. And so we have a large pool. We accept about 1% of applicants who come through. And we have spent a lot of time thinking through what is that ideal candidate? Because because it's not always somebody who has, you know, of course, a decade of experience and executive assistance is wonderful and can plug and play really quickly. But we've also found that some of the best executive assistants that have worked with our organization have not been in EA before. Yeah. They have the right skills and acumen. So it's not just looking at a resume and saying, what are your past experiences? But really, what are your skills? And what skills do we look for at the highest level? And so the gatekeeping, the proactivity, somebody who can really manage up well and also manage multiple priorities that might be changing pretty quickly. So effective at change management. So looking at those skills, it's it's a whole different picture than saying, let's just look for somebody who's got experience in the field. And so We've built a process around that, really looking for talent to come through and share work samples. We've got simulated projects that they're doing. We've balanced automation with personal connections, so we really get a feel for somebody's work style and also plug them into faux executive management to understand how would they function in a real-life setting. And so when yeah. we see them with a client, we know exactly how they're going to be. And so that gives us a good grounding also in understanding different backgrounds and styles. So we might find somebody has, they've been an account manager in ad agency world for a while. And we've got a client who really is looking for somebody who's got that creative mindset, but also is able to take charge and take ownership over their account. And so plugging in different talent backgrounds is really helpful for us with the variety of clients that we serve. But yeah, talent is the number one focus for us as we look at scaling because we have found there's demand out there. There is a lot of demand out there. And it's really for us about finding the right talent and holding to that quality because we want any client match and kickoff to say, wow, holy crap, I've never had an, an EA like this before. Yeah. And that's what we hope to hear at every interaction. Yeah, no, I love it. So you're doing everything remotely. I mean, give us a sense of kind of how the interaction actually takes place. I mean, what kind of rhythms do you set up? What kind of technology do you use? What does a highly functional EA relationship, EA executive relationship look like in terms of the tools? How frequently are you interacting? How are you interacting? How does that typically play out? Yeah, technology is a big component, as you'd guess. When we come in, it's really about understanding what that leader is using already or what their team is using so that we can plug into existing tools and processes or recommend ones that might be a better fit. And in many cases, there aren't very established tools or processes, or they're very open to to adjusting. And so we come in with that sort of in mind first. Let's let's use what's already existing so as not to create a bunch of change and create incremental progress with those tools. For us, it's very much about having connection live. So yes, we are virtual and remote. And ideally, as that relationship grows, there's a comfort level that comes with just saying, hey, I know that my EA's got this. I don't need 
need to necessarily talk to them every day. Mm-hmm. Some of our clients do talk to their EA every day. Some of them talk weekly, some every other week. Uh, it's all dependent on preference. But what we find is that in the remote space, having a Zoom call or a face-to-face connection at least weekly is really helpful. And then to supplement that, technology is really important as well. And so we sat down actually a year ago and thought about the fact that there's not great technology out there for executive assistants. Yes, you can cobble together, I mean, dozens of different project management apps and tools, but there's not something built specifically for an EA's workflow. And so we sat down and put our heads together. My co-founder now leads a business that is called Base, and it's a platform for executive assistants to use to manage all things related to their executive assistant. So almost like a smarter tool to help remind them hey, this is coming up, or you've set this as a preference parameter and you're about to violate that with the scheduling. So there's a lot of ways that the tool kind of predicts workflow and also helps with communication. So an example of that is daily and weekly digests through the tool, which can be used to share with the executive, here's what's coming up on your calendar, or here's a glance ahead at the next week and what we really need to be prepared for. And so the tool is a great way for us to leverage that. And we do use that internally. In addition to a whole suite of other tools, so obviously Slack is a great one and we love to be plugged in with our clients on Slack so we can have that back and forth conversation. So you've heard me talk a lot about communication. The other thing is ensuring that there's strong tracking of projects and project management. And so priority storage, project storage, Trello, Asana, any of those tools are really helpful. But yes, you're right. It does rely heavily on technology. And I would say the EA taking lead on owning that technology and making sure it's working for everyone involved so that, yes, you might have that app available to you as a leader, but you don't have to worry about getting into the details in the CRM system or worrying about managing Asana. Your EA is there to do that and manage up to you so that ultimately you show up with the decisions teed up and they manage the rest. Yeah, no, and I like that idea that it's the the EA's responsibility to, to manage the tools because I think that's always the hard part is as an executive, if you're in there trying to manage the tools, you know, that's just going to show up a lot of time and energy and, you know, pull away from your schedule. And I love the idea that you've, you've actually kind of developed systems, developed solutions around the common problems that you see in the business. So great strategy. I find that there's a lot of good service companies end up finding kind of technology opportunities, system opportunities that they can spin off into products and, you know, for themselves internally or even, you know, for the industry and create opportunities there. So there's a, there's a great dynamic between service and product if done well and if you've really developed those insights. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, we call it like a great learning lab, right? In the service space, we get to see the intricacies of relationships and tools and what works and doesn't work and what best practices are out there to make an executive assistant in this case, as effective as they can be so that their leaders are. And wow, the learning that's happened within that has been, it's hard not to come up with a million product ideas, but (laughs) it's it's even harder to hone in on what we want to do because we have so many that we think we could add value, you know? I'm sure. Casey, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about 33 Vincent, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, you can go onto our website. It's 33vincent.com. Vincent, like the man's name. and Or contact me directly. My name is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at 33vincent.com. Awesome. I'll make sure that those links and the email is in the show notes so people can click through and get that. Yeah, this has been a pleasure. I was, uh, you know, I think this is something that a lot of executives just don't leverage enough. And I think a lot of times because they just, they can't find a really good partnership in this. But uh, I think it's great. I think we get a lot of good insights in terms of the relationship and how to set this up. I think it's really helpful for our audience. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Bruce. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. 
To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.